Welcome to Finding Forgiveness, a Fraser 365 devotional. I'm Chris Montgomery, the senior pastor at Fraser Church, and we're excited you've joined us for this study. May the Lord bless you as we learn about His forgiveness. Today is day 24 of Finding Forgiveness. Our title today is In the Place of Plenty During a Famine. We may face situations beyond our reserves, but never beyond God's resources. Benjamin Franklin once said, The longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of man. Our text today comes from Genesis 47, 1-31. So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers, with their flocks and herds and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers, he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, as our fathers were. They said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and stood him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my life sojourning are one hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Then Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with food, according to the number of their dependents. Now there was no food in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan in exchange for the grain that they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when the money was all spent in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is gone. And Joseph answered, Give your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock if your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the herds, and the donkeys. He supplied them with food in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year was ended, they came to him the following year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is all spent. The herds of livestock are my Lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for food. 
and we, with our land, will be servants to Pharaoh. And give us seed, that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for all the Egyptians sold their fields, because the famine was severe on them. The land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he made servants of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. For the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And at the harvests you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as for food for yourselves and your household, and as food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives. May it please the Lord. We will be servants to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt, and it stands to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth, and the land of the priests alone did not become Pharaoh's. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it, and were fruitful and multiplied greatly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years, so the days of Jacob, the years of his life, were one hundred and forty-seven years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called upon his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, put your hand under my thigh and promise to deal kindly and truly with me. Do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. Carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. He answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. Then Israel bowed himself upon the head of his bed. This chapter in Genesis can be divided into three sections. Joseph's family, the famine, and Joseph's promise to his father. In all three portions of Scripture, Joseph shows wisdom, integrity, and grace. Joseph has made it clear to his family the importance of telling Pharaoh that they are shepherds. He continually emphasizes this detail because it will be of great significance. Joseph emphasizes that his family are shepherds to assure Pharaoh that they entertain no social or political ambitions and to preserve them from an alien way of life and intermarriage with the Egyptians. Joseph's family, settling in Goshen, would give them fertile ground for their herds and ample space to live their lives relatively isolated from the rest of Egypt. When God provides, he always goes above and beyond. Goshen would be a blessed haven for Joseph's family in the middle of a foreign land. At this point, Joseph wanted Pharaoh to meet his aged father. Jacob would have been recognized for his wisdom, and the king would have been most anxious to get to know Jacob since his son was leading Pharaoh's whole country through what must have been its most difficult crisis. The first thing we noticed is that Jacob blessed Pharaoh, not only once, but twice. Coming in, he blessed Pharaoh, and going out, he blessed Pharaoh. The text says, after Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. To understand this story, we need to remember the importance the Hebrews put on words, 
especially words spoken on formal occasions. A word was not a light thing, as we think it is. A word spoken was a deed done. Words spoken on formal occasions could be expected to have consequences. We cannot imagine that Jacob would have blessed Pharaoh with any lesser thought than that he was conveying on him the favor of Almighty God, the God of his fathers Abraham and Isaac. Jacob was not intimidated in the presence of the ruler of Egypt. He did not cower in Pharaoh's presence. Rather, he had enough presence of mind and wisdom to take the opportunity for a blessing. It would be akin to meeting a famous lost person and saying, May I pray for you? Jacob had made many mistakes in his life, but he still had a reverence for the Lord. There is a reason why God's people refer to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The focus now turns to Joseph's wisdom in dealing with the famine. Charles Swindoll sums up Joseph's character in dealing with the Egyptians and the famine with four truths. Joseph had character. That's why he refused to compromise his integrity. He planned ahead with wise objectivity. He submitted to authority with loyal accountability. He arranged for survival with personal integrity. He accepted the challenge with innovative creativity. Leading with wisdom and integrity during a national crisis was no easy task. Yet Joseph treated people with dignity while also serving Pharaoh diligently. In the closing section of this scripture, we find Joseph and Jacob establishing a covenant promise regarding where Jacob will be buried. Joseph may have rescued his family to Egypt, but Jacob made Joseph promise to bury him back in Canaan. If he must live in Egypt, he would keep his heart in Canaan, the land of promise, the place where God had put his name. Jacob's earthly affairs were in Egypt. His heart was in Canaan. Consider these questions. God provided for Joseph's family during a famine. They had plenty of food and lived in a preferred place during the worst of times. In light of all the brothers' past mistakes, what does God's blessing say about his forgiveness? How would you describe the consistency in Joseph's character regardless of the circumstances? How is consistency a true mark of character? How can you revere God, respect people, and at the same time refuse to be intimidated by the world? Pray with me. Lord, thank you for the way Scripture reveals your character. As we have read your word today, may it be written in our hearts. Amen. Thank you.